The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. And then our second daughter came to us and said, Mom, I think I'm having a little girl. Could you write a lullaby? So I wrote the, I wrote the lullaby. And then she began singing it, and somebody said, you really need to do something with it. And so it became a book, and this is absolutely fabulous. I mean, we Coming up on Life Today, children's book author Lynn Fries and her husband, businessman Foster Fries, share their love for children and their passion for learning. Next. Thank you all. It's a joy to be joining you. Thank you for tuning in. I'm James Robinson. Betty and I are thrilled to have Foster and Lynn Freeze. Now, now here's the thing. <clears throat> Foster and Lynn have been blessed, okay? They really have. They, uh, they'd be part of that 1% that we're just training America to, to fiercely hate. <laughs> and, uh, and the thing that's really puzzling about it is that the, they came from the 99%. And, uh, and they got the 1%. But they got to 100% of the love of God for you. Him first, then you. And Betty and I are blessed to know the poorest of the poor all over the world. And we're also blessed to know someone that's got what the world calls success, but it, it didn't mess them up. Uh, they realize that God is the giver of every great, perfect gift, every good gift, and they're grateful. So they just help people. Uh, Foster Freeze has been trying to help America come out of the ditch of debt and depravity and lack of love. And he's really trying to build bridges where people talk. And we're actually going to talk to Foster at length this week about how we can have a civil conversation and really love each other. But his wife, Lynn, is quite a bit more talented, actually, than he is, <laughs> more gifted than he is. And I'm telling you what, I, I love this couple because they're both really strong. And Foster will make a great statement and then Lynn will straighten it all out. <laughs> and they just cheer for each other. Well, what I got my hands on that I think was kind of unexpected for them, I saw this Western lullaby and all these other little stories for their grandchildren. And I was so impressed and overwhelmed, I said, Foster, we'll let you come, but we want to talk to Lynn. Yeah. I want you to welcome Foster Freeze and Lynn Freeze to life today. Would you please? Lynn, I think, I think you know that Foster and I have had some, some good times together and we've prayed with a lot of people and leaders and others because we care about everybody and, and we want to have a positive influence. And I've always thought you were a sweetheart, but I didn't realize, and I knew you did things to, to help, a lot of things that are important, but this, this really, really surprised me. I want, I want you to tell uh, our viewers, because even when I read what you've done for children, I can see that you love them going to museums and things like that. Tell me why you have an interest uh, in children seeing museums or people seeing it. What, what is it that causes you to have a heart for that? I think mu museums are terribly important. Um, it gives children a perspective on culture, on learning, um, and opens up their eyes. And you, when you take a young child into a museum and watch with delight a, a dinosaur 
or an amazing painting that mom or dad or the caregiver is explaining. There's a delight there mm -hmm. and you expand their horizons. I'm a daughter of a gentleman, my father, who was born on the kitchen table of a farm. <laughs> and uh, my dad was a country mouse and he married a city mouse, my mom. <laughs> so my mom made sure that we went to see museums. And I grew up loving museums. Mm. And I think they're very important, all different kinds. You know, children's, science, art museums. It expands a child's horizon. Well, I think you're right, and I thank you for doing it. Now, you have an interesting pin on, and it, it's, it's significant. I want you to tell us about it. This is my Annie Oakley pin. I'm involved with the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum in Oklahoma City. and uh, She's not only involved, she's vice chairman. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this modesty thing she gets carried away with, you know? <laughs> And I started it with uh, my dear friend, Kathy Keating, who's the former first lady of, of Oklahoma. Annie Oakley was an extraordinary young woman who always had an impeccable reputation. And can you imagine at 12, she paid off her mother's mortgage on her log house extraordinary yes, and she was a fabulous shot she's a <laughs> wonderful role model there was never really a, a hint of anything in her life that was wrong until late in her life when somebody said she was Annie Oakley and the press picked it up Annie on her own nickel went to uh, newspapers after newspapers and she fought them and told them that this was not right that she was Annie Oakley not this other lady the only person who did not apologize to her was William Hurst. Wow. Uh, publisher. Publisher. Yeah. Of newspapers. Yeah. Well, thank God yeah. he did tell us about Billy Graham, so he didn't have something to do today. <laughs> Thanks, sir. I'm, I'm sure. I know Billy wanted to be there, so we, we, we're counting on that. All right. Uh, Foster, you know, this is, this is pretty extraordinary. Uh, as a matter of fact, we're going to actually give our viewers uh, this if they want it for their children or grandchildren, but there's some reason that you wanted oh, us to hold I, this. I've got to tell you about this book. Can <laughs> okay. I, can yeah, I yeah, interrupt? Go ahead. This is Carl, the, the okay. mysterious little nibber. All right, I'm yeah. gonna... Okay, so Carl is this chipmunk that Lynn created, and uh, I, I'm convinced if she keeps writing books, this could be replacing Mickey Mouse. Okay. I mean, th this is big. This is big. So what I love about this book is the story is that uh, uh, Robert Kuhn is a very famous uh, artist who has a studio with all his drawings and sketches, and lo and behold, mice are nibbling on the edge of these sketches and actually potentially destroying them. So Lynn takes this concept and, and finds out and builds a story about someone is nibbling on the edges of these sketches in the National Museum of Wildlife Art. So they lay a trap, and so they watch, and they watch, and all of a sudden night they catch Uncle Twitch. Have you have a picture of Uncle Twitch? I think he's, he's just Uncle he's Twitch. This, yeah, he's just skinny little guy. Yeah. And Uncle Twitch, they catch him. Well, he's he's mortified, and they, they talk to him, they counsel him. But the beauty about the book is suddenly, after it's all over, he becomes a guide, a guide or guard? A guard. A guard. He, he guards now the, 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 uh, <laughs> the sketches. So it's a well, wonderful, it's, what, it's what a wonderful story of redemption. It's like kind of what Jesus does with us, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He I was, was worse than that he, guy there. He wrote a letter of apology. Okay. And said he would never do it again. Mm -hmm. So... And he is related to another little character, Willie, Willie Mouse. 
But and what, what the parents like about the book is it, uh, Carl models the perfect behavior for a kid. He asks permission, can he go out, and he reads at night. And what else does Carl, Carl? He, he comes up in one of the books with a solution and checks with mom and dad and makes sure that it's okay, that he can do it, and they give her their permission. So he's a cute little little chipmunk and the museum has lots of them running in and out and uh, it's marvelous because the children come in and they're looking all around for Carl. Where is he? He lives at the museum. <laughs> and then tell, tell what the one little girl saw when they saw that one painting on the wall by Carl Rungus. Oh yes, the very first book I did, um, a little girl had been given a book at Christmas time and she poured over it, loved her parents to, to read it to her all the time. and. Uh, they took her up to the museum. And she walked into the museum and she walked into this run room and she went running up to this enormous painting of a huge black bear. And she goes, Mommy and Daddy, this is Carl's favorite painting. <laughs> and she just stood there. And the guides were like, oh my golly. <laughs> and I went, bingo, got it. I've got a little person who really but, likes it. But also, Lynn, I think it's a neat story about her illustrator. I mean, the fellow who created oh, yes. these guys are beautiful. Incredible. Little, yeah. Tell, yeah. Tell them about John Potter. Well, John is the Native American. He's Ojibwe Indian. And he has brought this little character to life. We had a, con uh, a competition, and uh, when, we, when the staff walked in, they walked right to John's drawings and said, here's Carl. But he's funny because he wears a headband, and he's very into his traditional thing, and, and we're talking about immigration. Where, where was a good immigration policy when we needed it? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, uh, you... Uh, you wrote... You now, you, yeah, yeah, you wrote this book, right? And this was my first book because... For your grandbaby. I had done a little song for my oldest daughter, who had our first grandson, and then our second daughter came to us and said, Mom, I think I'm having a little girl, could you write a lullaby? So I wrote the I wrote the lullaby, and then she began singing it. And somebody said, "You really need to do something with it." And so it became a book, and this is absolutely fabulous. I mean, we can show you, and where we'll cut to full screen on some of this, but the the paintings in here are just fabulous, and it is the lullaby on every page. So what you envisioned was actually giving your daughter something that, that she could actually sing, and, and then you actually saw it become a song that parents would sing as they would look at the beautiful pictures. And uh, tell, tell me what happened as a result of teaching people to sing like this, the Western Lullaby. What did you watch? <laughs> this is great. I began to receive notes from parents, and they'd say, um, they, with the baby, they would hum, and then as they got a little bit older, they'd start singing the song. And it was always at night whenever they put the child down. And now they were to the point where they'd put the child down, turn off all the lights, stand at the door, and sing the song, close the door, and that was it. They went to sleep. <laughs> but I have to I'll tell you the best story. The, the lady who sang the song, Lynn, Lynn can sing the song, but she found a friend who's We're eating, actually going to ask her to. Really, <laughs> really a great singer. So this lady sings this song, and there's a DVD on the back of that. So lo and behold, we get a little YouTube video one day, and it's this lady, our friend, Marilyn Gordon, singing a song to her dog. And all of a sudden, the dog's eyes start to fade. <laughs> 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 dog, three o'clock in the afternoon, this dog. 
not close to sleep. Uh, All right, I will, let's, let's sing, and we'll actually let our viewers just see some of the beautiful images. I know, Lynn, we don't have a big orchestra or background or anything like that, but would you sing this, this lullaby? Okay. This pretend is, this is pretend you're, you're closing the door for your, for your youngsters, okay? Go to sleep, my little cowgirl. It's time to rest your weary head. The mountains are painted dusty gray, and the moons come out to play. In the distance, hear the coyotes call, softly echoing o'er the plain, telling everyone that nighttime's come again with a gentle refrain. So close your sleepy eyes, my love, and cuddle next to me. Your mama and your daddy dear will keep you close to thee. And as the moon dances high across the diamond sky, the cowboys croon this lovely tune, a western lullaby. Snuggle down beneath the covers and close your eyes and dream sweet dreams of the buffalo and the antelope a running through mountain streams. And as the lantern light grows dimmer, a quiet hush is everywhere. So sleep tight, cowgirl. Good night, little one. For now, the day is done. Yay. <laughs> now, James, James. I'm hey. sleepy, aren't you? <laughs> you fell asleep on my shoulder. Now, James, now, I, well, I, how I many grandchildren? To, I want yeah, four, many... 14. But I just wow. want to announce that I am Lynn Fries's husband. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen to this. This is the last page in the book, The Western Lullaby. Code of the West for little pokes. Live each day with a smile. Be the best in all you do. Finish what you start. Do what has to be done. Be honest and fair. Keep your promises. Ride for the brand. Talk less and say more. Never forget, some things can't be bought. Know when to stop. As uh, Lynn was singing, with the heart of a grandmother that really loved not only her children, but yours. And she really does. And our grandchildren. I felt like I, I just sensed the heart of God wishing he could hold all of you and sing over you, like the psalmist said. And then I found myself saying, why don't we all be like that? Uh, why don't we ask God to give us a heart like Lynn just expressed and like I've seen in my wife, it's inspired me beyond measure. Why don't you ask God to let you bring peace into their life? You know, Foster, I've, I've known you for a while and I've watched you love people. And How is it with the two of you that there's not only a love, you know, you and I had an incredible time in the presence of the Lord sitting in a pickup truck. I, I felt like we were in like another upper room experience and you just tears running down your chin and all over your shirt and... One of the things you told me when you left, so I'm going to spend more time with my grandkids. You were doing a little bit of what I did. I tried to help everybody else's kids, and I didn't spend enough time on my own and started spending more. But what is it with the two of you that there's a love that God's put there that you just wanted to spill out on others? How do you explain it? Well, that, that's hard to explain because uh, it's one of those spiritual things. Lynn and I were kind of walking our own 
directions. When we first got married, uh, we didn't have the understanding what love was. And remember when uh, C.S. Lewis talked about agape, love is not an emotion. Love's an act of the will to want something for someone or do something for someone that is in their best interest without expecting any return. Well, we suddenly realized our relationship wasn't really based on that. It's kind of, look, tell you what, honey, I, I bring home the bacon and, 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 uh, I, and, and you just keep the sock drawer filled and don't burn the toast. <laughs> <laughs> it was... It was <laughs> <laughs> it was so meeting each other's needs, a quid pro quo. And so the relationship was based on kind of a transaction of meeting one another's needs. And we just have had modeled to us so many Christian families who, to be a successful marriage, you sort of have to have not 50-50. That's a blueprint for disaster. It's, it's not going to work. It has to be 100% because there's some times when one of the partners can't give 5%. And Lynn will tell you a lot of times when I was not giving <laughs> 5%. When I was building my business, we, we both had our heads bowed every Sunday morning. Lynn was in church praying and I was over a three-foot putt. And then... Uh, our lives, you know, turned into somewhat of a uh, very dysfunctional. We were skirting with divorce, and we we were having some challenges. The kids and I were estranged, and I've bored. I'm making a six-figure income, and but it was boring as I built my business because. Uh, the richest guy in town where I grew up, Rice Lake, like 5,000 people, was the mobile gas station operator, the undertaker, and the guy that ran the freed mill. <laughs> Turns out it was all the same guy, too. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so, so, so I, I, just, I just think uh, coming to understand that what our role was of uh, being more submissive to God, and it's, it was demonstrated by a wheel and, and Lynn and I were kind of on the rim of this wheel, and Jesus was in the center. And once we realized who Jesus was, and we asked him to come into our life and be the chairman of the board of my life, and Lynn asked him to take control, as you move on the spokes closer to him, you come closer to each other. When you saw what Lynn was doing here and all the other things, did it please you? You know, I was pretty upset because, I, I mean, I, I wanted to be the big shot. You know, so, you know? I mean, can I tell you how this woman ruined my life? I mean, listen, we come out of the Army, $800 of leave pay, 62 Volkswagen, a baby, animal TV, and a hide bed. So she's the classic wife of centuries past. She she sews her clothes, the kids' clothes, the draperies, the couch covery, uh, cuts my hair, packs my lunch, scrubs the floor. It's great. <laughs> so I'm pretty happy with this deal. I, I want to get back to the book. <laughs> you, you can take us on this journey around the world. You and I both gifted with that. Lynn, you, you wrote something for your children that you want to bless the children of the world. And what is here? I just want to say this to you. Where, where would people find any of these stories? Would it, would it be online or do you have a website? Um, they're available uh, on Amazon.com. Yes. All right, and would they go to Lynn Freeze, or yes. would they try to come up with Carl, or what would they go for? Well, they, Just find your books? I believe you can do it by author, and okay. so I'm the author, Lynn Estes Freeze. F-R-I-E-S-S. Yes. All right. We want to send this one to you, and, and really what I believe God will do is give Lynn an opportunity to help parents and grandparents begin to tell their children's stories in a way that's going to captivate them, and, uh, and I really want to see that happen. Uh, let me tell you what we're doing right now that I think you'll be blessed by. We're going to take, and, and Foster, I know how much you all have helped the suffering here and around the world and how much you love people. We're going to give little shoes like this to children all over the world. It's our goal 
for Christmas and we start in the summertime. We have to start now to raise a 750,000 to buy 200,000 pairs of shoes and to give as many smiles at $500 a piece for cleft palate surgery as we possibly can. I want you to look in on the situation. I know y'all are gonna be blessed to see this, to see the need that we can meet and do such an incredible thing at a time when we're pointing to Jesus and yet doing something that changes children's lives. Watch very closely, please, and then see if you don't want to be a part of this. I really believe you will. At Life Outreach, we try to help children all around the world in various forms and so many different ways. We want to bless these kids. One of the things we like to do this particular season of the year is we like to bring shoes to their lives. These guys run around, their feet are getting tore up by the terrain, they're stepping on stuff, hookworms, all those things that come into their little lives. And this time of year, we just like to bless them with a pair of shoes. And I think this is a beautiful thing that life does. And we're just asking for your help that by your generous gift, uh, we can provide a little pair of shoes for a guy who's never had his own pair of shoes. And so it's really difficult to put in words how much your gift of shoes will change this little guy's life because he won't have to run around in all this terrain barefooted and all the dangers that are there with no shoes. Look at them running right through all that with their shoes. Look at those, look at that. <laughs> That's what it's all about right there. God bless you, little fella. <laughs> Betty, just to tell us what it does for you. You know, I, w I want to say a thank you again, not only for standing with me all the years that I went all over this nation preaching and around the world, and, and then you go into the ends of the earth with me. Thank you for doing that, but for sharing your heart. And when you see the children like we've seen and then realize what this can do, what goes on in a mother's heart? Well, you know, I think, of course, when our children were small, I'd say, okay, you've worn these shoes out, let's go buy a new pair of shoes. Never thinking, never even understanding that there's some children that have never had shoes, James. And you and I have been over there and we've seen these precious little feet that God loves so much. He mm -hmm. loves all these precious children. And to look at their little feet and some of them with sores on them, some of them just chewed up because of what they have to walk on, the, the filthy, dirty terrain that they have day after day after day. And when you put a pair of shoes on their feet, James, the smiles, I mean, it's just <laughs> all the reward we need just to look at their faces. They're just so surprised like, these are for me? Really for me? And that's what I feel like is coming back from them. It's just like they, it's the biggest, best gift they've ever had. And it's so much more than that, James. They look at it as a gift like that, but I look at it in my heart and say, God, it's going to help them stay well. Mm -hmm. They're not going to step on those old, that old terrain that has rocks and all kinds of disease that they get in their feet because they don't have shoes to protect them. That's what I think about. And I thank you so much because you've always been so giving and loving and helping us put shoes on the feet of these children. And not only that, but helping us fix some of them's their teeth, James, so they can smile. And that's the biggest thing, put a smile on their faces. Well, we know that you have proven to us that uh, you not only love God, you love others. And you express it with an act. You don't love just in word, but you love in deed. You love mm -hmm. in action. 
you can go to lifetoday.org or you can dial that number, take your bank card, use it like a check. What we're asking you to do is help us provide these shoes. This is a tiny little foot, and we've got the sizes to reach uh, different children in the different areas where the missionaries are going to be distributed. And we start way early for Christmas. And so we're asking you to make the gift God puts on your heart. $36 and you've got 10 pairs of shoes. $144 as an example, you've got 40 pairs. So what we're asking you to do, please, is give us an opportunity also to say thanks with the little, the little shoe ornaments. If you give a gift of over $100, we're going to send you not only the new one this year, but we're going to send you every one of them that we've had for the last years. And Betty, we have people come into our home and look at the tree and see those little shoes and start talking about it, and we begin to talk about sharing the love of God. Not just talking about Christmas, but about the love of God through Christ and that we can share it with others. So would you make the gift God put on your heart? We're going to share blessings with you uh, that will mean a lot to you to encourage you and inspire you around Christmas. But you're going to be giving not only shoes, but like Betty said, for the surgeries, we're going to correct cleft palates and other problems to give these children smiles. Would you go to lifetoday.org and give life today? Or would you dial the number, take your bank card, and use it like a check, how you should always use them? Thank you so much for doing it. Poverty is a killer. And because of it, children needlessly suffer, not only from a lack of food and clean water, but also from a lack of things we take for granted, such as a healthy smile or a simple pair of shoes. For most of these children, they've never owned a new pair of shoes. And while that may seem minor in the light of all their needs, walking with bare feet puts them at risk of life-threatening infections that could lead to crippling consequences, disease, and even death. By responding today, you can help life immediately secure and begin shipping Christmas shoes to 200,000 children around the world just in time for the holidays. Your gift of $36 will help provide 10 pairs of shoes. A gift of $72 will help provide 20 pairs. And a gift of $144 will help provide 40 pairs of Christmas shoes for children in need. With your gift of any amount, be sure to request this beautifully crafted green antique shoe ornament, a treasure to place on your tree each holiday season. With your gift of $100 or more, you may also request a special boxed set of life's Christmas shoe ornaments from past years. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,000 or more to help provide over 275 pairs of shoes or two children with corrective cleft palate surgeries. And you may request our beautifully framed canvas prints of the Forest Chapel. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. I also want to mention that we're not only sending the, uh, the gift, the shoe, and the beautiful gift, but uh, if you'd like to have the Western Lullaby, <laughs> you're going to enjoy reading this to your young children, going over it and hopefully singing the lullaby. I think Betty probably would have taken that <laughs> my place in that. <laughs> But it is just beautiful, and it actually shows an appreciation of God's creation. Uh, Lynn knows so well, as does Foster, God revealed himself in what he created, like Romans 1 says. And I really believe this helps children to look out and see the greatness of our God. I would like you to join Betty and me thanking Foster and thanking Lynn for being a blessing to all of us. Thank you both. And you can go online and find all the other books. I know Foster, he wants you to get this one right here. Yeah, too. And so you can get it. Thank y'all. Thank you for watching. Thank y'all for being with us.
how do we build a bridge? How do we find something that we can agree on? Tomorrow, Foster and Lynn Fries offer their insight and perspective on world events. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.